in our current series based on John 10.10, which is this really cool little scripture where Jesus says, I've come to give life, I came to give it abundant. And uh, this whole idea of this series is really when we are filled up with Jesus, when we have the abundant life of Jesus, so think of abundance as like that overflowing and totally right to the top coming out on... What happens is when we're filled up with the abundant life of Jesus, we will leak Jesus out. We'll, we'll spill Jesus over into others in our life. And so we're thinking, what does that look like? And what does that mean? And to, to really walk and understand and to experience the abundant life in Jesus. And um, we're looking at Luke 6.45. It says this. It says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. But an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And then this, I love this verse. It says, what you say flows from what is in your heart. And so we have this, this picture where in the, in the gospel of, of Luke, it makes it pretty clear that, that our words and, and all of the all this stuff that kind of flows, it flows out of our heart, flows out of what's inside of us. And when we know the abundance of Jesus, when... We experience his love and his mercy and his grace and his presence in our life. We, we have all that good stuff and it all fills up. It, it spills out of us, but it spills out of us often in our words and in how we interact and how we talk with others and we share and show Jesus with other people through maybe not even only you know, what we say, but how we say it. And so you might have flashbacks to being lectured from your mother on your attitude about it's not just what you say, but it's how you say it. But that is so true when it comes to the abundance of our heart. And, uh, and, and all that goodness spills out. Now, I know, I have, I have a couple of teenage daughters, and I know that um, I, my heart is not always filled with goodness because sometimes they are so frustrating, and it just comes out. I'm just like, oh, they can drive me crazy. And so it's, it's something that's like, you know what, when, when it's there and when Jesus and, and all that stuff is there, it, it can be hard work sometimes to make sure that, that it comes out. But that is living in the abundance of Jesus. And so my talk is really based on this, this belief or this premise that the world is starving for positive words and we can share them through the abundance of Jesus. That the world is hungry and, and the world responds to that in, in uh, Jesus. I want to read this little passage of Scripture in Colossians. Chapter 4, verse 5 and 6, it says, "'Live wisely among those who are not believers.'" And make the most of every opportunity. And check this out. It says, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. And so there's an instruction in Scripture that would say, let out the graciousness and the mercy and the love and let out all the goodness of Jesus, all the abundance of Jesus, because the world receives that and the world responds to that. And words are very powerful. What we say and how we say it can bring life or death to a situation. My mom went into a care home for her advanced Alzheimer's in 2012. And she passed away about six months after she went in. So I've been without my mom for, for a, a few years now. And one of, the, one of the last times that we were all together was over a Thanksgiving holiday a year or so before she went into her care home. And uh, Thanksgiving, of course, any kind of, in, in my family, any kind of family holiday was a big deal. And we knew that we should all kind of get back 
and spend some time with her because her state was uh, declining. And we were, everybody in the kitchen, we're all making the dinner together. We could easily see that my mom had become really overwhelmed. With the, that was her domain. She was always the perfect, awesome mom, and she was make food for everybody and host everybody. And in her, in her state and where she was in her health, she had just become overall. She just didn't know what to do and in the kitchen and all the activity and all the people. And so um, I was given the task to take my mom out to Safeway to get a few supplies so the rest of the, the family could get everything together. And so I had a little list of some things to pick up. And we went into Safeway and started walking up and down the aisles. And uh, she was with me. She was so happy just to kind of hang out and be with me. And uh, we went up to the, we were looking for candles, for, for white candles that were about a foot high. And we found a, a guy stocking shelves in Safeway over the Thanksgiving long weekend and said, do you have any candles? And we were looking for white ones about this high and yada, yada, yada. And so he goes, yeah, come with me and took us over to this section. And uh, it was really picked over. It was just, you know, it's Thanksgiving, and I guess everybody else had the same idea, and there's not a big selection, and, and there just wasn't any. And so we just kind of went on to the next item on the list, and we were walking around, and I had the list like this, and, you know, we had to get cinnamon and colored napkins and all those kinds of things. And, um, and we came around the corner, and uh, this guy was uh, on, a, on another aisle over, stocking shelves again. It was only about two minutes later, and we walked up, and, and my mom said, do you have any white candle? She had the list, and I, I hadn't you know, kind of erase things or mark things off the list. And he looked at her and he thought, what is wrong with you? He's like, you're just here like two minutes ago. And he just, and he just like let into her. And, it, and um, he's like, is this a joke? Like, are you, are you an idiot? Like, I, you know, and he just was, you could just tell he was so frustrated. And, and I think he probably had had people all day long coming up to him Where's the milk? Where's the bread? Where's the, you know, and he just, he had to work on Thanksgiving and he was probably not happy about it. And you knew that his well was not full of good stuff and it just came out so easily. And um, what had happened is uh, when, when my mom was, was in this state, she, she had moments where she understood what was happening to her and moments when she didn't. And... Uh, this was just one of those moments where all of a sudden she really understood what she had done. And she had this understanding that, right, I, I, and you could see the shame and all the stuff just wash over her. And, and it was like, you just see the words that this guy spoke. I felt, I just wanted to punch him in the face. I wanted to take a can of Campbell's tomato soup and just, right, you know, and, um, and at the same time, I just wanted to kind of protect my mom. You know, so I put, my, I put my arm around her and I said, Let, let's go to the next thing on the list. And I just kind of, we just kept going. And I realized that in that moment, you know, that guy probably, he was a younger guy, okay? So I think he had more in tune with his Xbox than he did with, with people. He was just, I just don't think he had a lot of, and, and, and the well of his life and of his heart was run dry, but if he would have just taken an extra second, if he would have just looked into my mom, I think he, 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 he would have clued in kind of what was going on. And, and he could have been so gracious. He could have handled that situation so differently if he would have just taken a moment. But we're so quick to judge. We're so quick to speak out. We're so quick to come to opinions. We're so quick to just let out the things that are inside of us. 
And it is a reminder that words in a situation, they have the ability to actually bring death. They have an ability to bring discouragement and, and, and darkness into a situation. But on the same thing, words can bring life. And, and words can, they can, they can bring so much uh, presence. We have a few large trees in our backyard. It's not uncommon in, the, in this kind of time of year, in, uh, late spring and, and early summer, where the, the baby birds begin to hatch. And so we often will find uh, little cracked shells and stuff, eggshells on, on the grass, and, and they've come out of the nest, and birds, uh, little baby birds, and, and if you've ever seen those baby birds when they first start learning to fly, they, you know, down they come, and, and they, they kind of flutter around in the grass a little bit, and it usually takes them a little time, you know, maybe uh, 15 minutes or a little bit of the afternoon or something until they've finally got their wings out from under them, and, and away they go. And um, a couple years ago, we got uh, a dog. And our dog, uh, Marlo, is, uh, uh, just loves to play with anything it can play with. And so we came outside, and Marlo is under the trampoline with this poor little baby bird in its mouth. And, and Marlo is like and dropping it, and it's slobbering, and this bird is, you could tell, it is traumatized. And it does not know what's going on. And, and so we were like quickly, we got this little bird out from, from Marlowe. And, you know, you're not supposed to touch the bird. And you're supposed to, you know, so that it doesn't get rejected. And, all those. and so we just kind of took Marlowe and we just made sure Marlowe for the next little while. Well, it took, uh, instead of just an afternoon, that, and that bird, it just made a beeline for the fence and, and hid behind the shrubs along, along the fence. And, uh, and it just began to chirp out this little beep. These little chirp sounds, and uh, it took five days for this bird to finally figure out how to fly and get away. But the interesting thing is that for five days, there was another bird, an adult bird, that would be at least sitting just above it on the fence or just in the tree branch the entire time. It was never left alone. And this little bird was back behind the trees chirping out, and there was always another bird. And, and I, I don't speak bird, but I'm pretty sure they were saying, it's okay, little guy, you can do this. You can, you, we're here, you're not alone. Keep going, keep trying, keep, you know. And, and it took five days until this little guy finally took off. And during those five days, if we came outside, it was a swarm of birds that were like come all around us to try to distract us and keep us from going into the area where this little bird was. They were doing everything they could to keep this little guy. The only thing that they could do was sit there and chirp and tell that little bird stuck on the ground that it wasn't alone and that they were there and that it's going to be okay. Now, I don't want to be melodramatic, okay? I'm not trying to... Uh, have us feel emotional for the birds. But if the birds can get it right, do you not think we should be able to get it right? Do you not think we should be able to offer life and offer encouragement and come around people who need it, who need the extra support, who are maybe without wind under their wings or whatever poetic picture you want to give? somebody who is struggling, somebody who needs it, I think if the birds can get it right, we as the people of God should be able to understand the power of words, the power of spoken voice, the power of blessing, kindness, and life over somebody. 
And so we're going to take a look at a couple of, uh, of things that, that, um, that we see from the power of words, the power of encouragement, the power of life. And that really is that uh, the first thing is that words are a gateway for new life. In the creation narrative, when we look at Genesis, the very beginning of Scripture, Genesis 1-3 says, God spoke, let there be light, and there was light. And we see this over and over again in the formative creation narrative. Psalm 33-6 says, The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. The first picture, you understand that the first picture we have of God is the formative power of words. God spoke into ex nihilio, into the nothingness, and he called forth life. And we as his ministers, we as, so if you are a Christian, if you are a believer in Jesus, born again, then what we see in scripture is we actually are a priesthood. We are his ministers. We are a royal priesthood. That means you're not just a Christian who just goes to church on Sunday and just sits down. You are a priesthood in, in uh, the, the ministry of God. And so as the priesthood, we can call forth life as his ministers, and we can speak life into ex nihilia. We can speak life into darkness into discouraged hearts, into lonely hearts, into broken hearts. We can bring life and bring hope and bring the love of Jesus through our words into that situation. Well-placed words of wisdom, encouragement, love, and grace can literally bring life to a broken and discouraged heart. And it is one of the easiest things to do, and it flows out of our abundance. There's a really, really cool youth pastor, one of the oldest youth pastors that I know named Jeannie Mayo. Jeannie Mayo has been on the youth minister circuit for like 30 years. She's traveled around and she's given talks and presentations. She's taught youth pastors. She's written books. She's presented in colleges. Um, she is a, a, a force to be reckoned with when it comes to youth ministry. She has a, a youth ministry of a couple thousand kids. She's in her 60s. And um, I was under one of her seminars once, and she said, uh, the way you reach kids and the way that you, you grow your youth ministry is to kiss frogs. And she shared how the kiss of a, of a prince and a princess broke a curse, and Charming, Prince Charming came out. And she said, you know what, youth workers, your youth ministry is full of frogs, beautiful, amazing kids who are trapped inside the difficult life of an awkward teenager. And they're confused, and they're insecure, and they're looking for love and acceptance, and it is a really difficult, hard world. And it's like they're trapped inside, and they, don't, and they, they can't get out. She says, you want to change the world? You want to transform a heart? You want to build a youth ministry? You want to reach kids? Inside every single kid is an amazing leader who will change the world for Jesus. If someone would just reach into their life and kiss that frog, if someone would just give them a, I believe in you, you're amazing, reach out to them and love them and include them, 
Just see some value in them. It is like you are turning into Prince Charming and into princesses. She said the ugliest frogs, the toughest kids, the ones that are so, their defenses are so strong. They are like arms folded. They're not going to open. She said the toughest, hardest kids, oh, they're the best. They're the most amazing. They're just an exterior, just an ugly frog on the outside. There is somebody amazing inside of them. She built her whole youth ministry by believing in kids and speaking life and kindness and speaking out over them and breaking the curse that was on them. She didn't have the coolest, you know, crazy games and, you know, smoke machines and whatever else is in youth ministry and all that kind of stuff. She had... Every leader, you love kids, you speak over kids, you bless kids, you speak life over them, and poof, 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 they turn into these amazing leaders. Proverbs 16.24 says, Kind words are like honey. They are sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Kind words. Everybody loves them. They're like honey. About uh, three months ago in our, our weekly team meeting, so I'm uh, the pastor here, and we have a few of our other leaders. So Ryan, who uh, is one of our great leaders on, on Saturday or Sunday nights, um, he is part of a team. Ed, who's a part of our communication team, who I know you, many of you know, is a part of our team. Tina Marie and Cheryl and others who help in different areas in worship and all kinds of different things. We have this, this great team. We meet together every week, and we kind of talk about stuff, and we pray over things and, and make some decisions and, and, and make some plans on stuff. And about three months ago, we decided that we should uh, begin writing uh, a note, an encouragement note to somebody and, you know, just pass a note around during the meeting. Hey, we appreciate you. You know, it might be somebody who, who just had a baby or somebody who just got married, somebody who was sick, somebody who we knew needed some encouragement, a volunteer that we thought we should appreciate for something that they do. And we just took, a, took some time to do that. And, um, and it, was, it was really well received. And uh, Charlene, who's been a part of our team in the past, she was at a church in California. And she said in their team meeting, that everybody would get out their cell phones and they would text somebody a word of encouragement and then all at the same time they would hit send. And so we call it a text bomb. And so we sit around the table and we all get our iPhones out because we're hip Christian leaders and they all have iPhones, right? I mean, and so we, we, we have, our, we have our, our iPhones and we, we all write our... Uh, our, our, our little encouragement note to somebody, one of you, some of you have got it, some of the people from our Sunday morning church, and, um, and we all take a moment, and then we hit send, and somebody's phone is blowing up, like all these, all these texts are coming in, all the same, and they read it, and it is just word after word after word of you're awesome, you're amazing, we believe in you, thank you, we appreciate you. Well, the response we've had has been overwhelming from people. And it is so much fun. It's the best part of the staff meeting. We don't, why do, we don't even want to plan anything else. It's just, who are we going to do this week? And it's like, we, we figure out, like, um, do, you know, do you feel the Holy Spirit speaking to you about somebody? And who, who do you have? And who do you? Well, now we do two or three or four text bombs because there's so many people that need encouragement. And it's so much fun. It's the highlight of our team meeting. And it is so easy to do. And you know what it does? It just gives honey. And it just gives blessing, and it speaks blessing and purpose. 
And some of you are having a day where you feel like an ugly frog. And you get a word from somebody that says, I believe in you, you're amazing. And it transforms your day. We know it does because we've heard from you that it does. And so words of grace and words of mercy and words of encouragement are so easy to share. Words are a gateway for sharing the abundant life of Jesus. Another thing is that words are a gateway for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Throughout history, words have been one of the signs of the Holy Spirit's anointing. And so when we look in the history of of Israel and we see prophets and kings and people uh, being set into leadership, they were anointed, and many of the times, one of the signs is that they would prophesy. And following in that pattern in the early church, when we see people being filled with the Spirit, we see them speaking in tongues and using words. And what we see is in the ministry gifts of the Holy Spirit, many of them are involved with using our mouths. There's words of prophecy, there's words of wisdom, there's words of discernment, there's prophetic words, there's all these things, and they're, and they're using our mouths. And so part of what we see in God's plan is in the ministry of the Holy Spirit is involved with speaking the words and, and, and uh, speaking the blessing of the Spirit over people. And I've learned that the Holy Spirit often works when we take a leap of faith to step out in our words. You know, things get real, they, they get real very quickly when we start to verbalize some things that may be on our hearts, some things that we think the Lord may be showing us or, sh- or gave us to share. And um, in the last, so I, I, I often have little things where I feel the Lord has, has given me. And, and sometimes it's a word. And I, I, I've given words to the church. I've given words to individuals in counseling appointments or coffee appointments. I've given words to people in prayer meetings. Um, you know, and all kinds. And so God often shares things with me. And uh, I don't just hear his voice like, you know, the way uh, maybe some people do. But I, I know when God has put somebody and something on my heart. And, and I've learned to try to be sensitive and to tune myself to that. And to share those things. And um, a couple weeks ago, it was about a month ago actually, I, uh, I, was, um, I needed some shoes. And so I went out and I, I got these shoes. You got, can you see these shoes? Are these not cool shoes? Okay. These are the, the hipster higher ankle shoes. And um, uh, I got them from Mech. And I, I went to Mech. Okay, these shoes are fair trade. They're like made with all natural, organic, fairly sourced. They're from Ethiopia and a factory in Ethiopia. They're all, they're like a co-op partnership. All the people who work there are owners. They don't, it's not like a sweatshop. And I was like, man, these are cool shoes and I am saving the world. And so I bought these shoes. And um, I felt so good about my shoes. I went home and I, I told my girls, I said, hey, what do you think of dad's new shoes? And, and they're like, oh, they're, they're ugly, then my girls said. They're, they're like grandpa's shoes. And I was like, I wear my grandpa's clothes. And they, 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 just, they just did not think that was, they didn't think that was cool at all. They're like, oh, dad. I'm like, and, they, and you know, oh, words, they just hurt. They, they speak death sometimes. And my kids, they just like, they don't know grace yet. They don't know mercy yet. And they're just like, they're just like old, grown-up, 
bad shoes, Dad. Don't wear those shoes. I was like, I like these shoes. What They look like Ryan's shoes. These are cool <laughs> shoes. And so um, I, I was in the mall uh, later that day, walking through the mall. I was looking at my new shoes, how cool my new shoes looked. I was walking through the mall, and I was right in front of Blends, where the Sears home furniture place is, and, um, and, and this guy popped into my head, one of the, one of the people in our church, and, uh, and I had this thought, like, you need to buy him shoes. Like, the Lord says, I want you to buy him shoes, too, that it's not just about your shoes, but he needs shoes. And I thought, what in the world? Like, I stopped and thought, I'm by Blends, I'm like, this is like, you know what, I got, I got nice shoes, but like... Is he supposed to get these shoes? Or like, this is weird. So I'm like, I don't, I don't know if he's the same size. Am I supposed to give him these ones or get new ones? And I thought about it. I thought, you know what? So I texted him. I just stopped right there in the mall with the, with the sleepers, you know, and the leather chair furniture. I sat down, and I said, hey, look, this is random. I don't know if this makes any sense to you, but I feel like the Lord told me that you need shoes, and I'm supposed to buy you a pair of shoes. Does this make any sense to you at all? And I just send it out to him. And I'm just walking through the mall, looking at my cool shoes, and, um, and I, get a, I get a text back. He says, wow, that's crazy. He says, actually, I need work shoes really, really bad. And I've been going to Mark's work warehouse for the last two months trying to find a pair on sale, and the ones I need are, are never on sale. He says, we just can't afford to get them right now. I'm like, how awesome is that? How amazing is that? And so I call him up. And I'm like, dude, just go and get the... Sh-. I'm thinking, you know, when, when that happens, you just can't argue with God, right? I mean, you can't be like, well, I don't know if I can afford them. And I don't know. Okay, if God tells you to buy shoes, I'm pretty sure God's going to give you the money or figure... Like, he's got a plan. So just, just do it, okay? And so I call him up and I said, okay, just go down there pick whatever you need. He goes, well, how much? I said, it doesn't matter. You just get the ones that you need. You get the right ones because that's the ones that God wants you to have. So he goes down to Mark's work warehouse and he picks out some shoes and he puts them on hold and I go down and I buy them and I give them to him on Sunday morning. He's like, thank you so much. And I don't say that to make myself look like a prophet or any more spiritual than you are. But we are the people of God. We are a royal priesthood. We can bring the life of Jesus. And I'll tell you what, I could not have said something. I could have chosen to say, ah, what's the big deal? That's not, buy this guy's shoes? It's so random. I could have so easily pushed that out. I could have so easily not responded. I could have so easily ignored it and not done a thing. And you know what brought life to that situation? was an act of faith to say, look, I don't know if this makes sense to you, but here's what I think. Here's what I'm feeling. You tell me. The moment you begin to speak it out, the moment you begin to share life, it gets real. (laughs) You see?
because it is part of the way the Holy Spirit works. And you have a choice to keep it inside and to keep it hidden and to keep it pushed away and to not step out. Or you have a choice to lean into it and to begin to share something. And I tell you this, that there is something that cracks in the spiritual realm when you take a step of faith and you begin to share life with other people. Things get real. And it takes some courage and it takes some intentionality, but there is something formative and something life-giving when we begin to speak out the things that Jesus puts on our heart. And when you are filled with the abundance of Jesus, what you end up speaking is life and goodness and amazing stuff. And it's awesome. And you don't know it, but you go about your day and you're kissing frogs all day long. Poof, 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 poof. Prince Charming and Princess appears all day long because your life, your words of life, bring something into them. And so I'm going to give you a, a couple of tips. We're going to close. I'm going to get the team to come. Do we have power? Good. Are we good to do worship? We think maybe. Well, we're going to get, is Ryan around? We'll figure something out. We'll do Kumbaya or something with the ukulele. We'll figure something out. I'm going to get the team to get ready to come. And um, I'm going to give you a couple of really quick tips that I think are good guidelines on how to minister and how to share some things when God gives it to you or you think God's given it to you. Okay, I'm going to give you the tips. One is keep it positive. I would say do not give rebukes or critiques. There is way more teaching in Scripture to talk about giving a word that is good and edifying and brings life and is encouraging and builds up the body and not tears down the body. Okay, if you are just beginning to step into faith and to hear from the Lord and take... I, I really don't think God is going to be dropping critiques and criticisms for somebody else on you. I think God is going to be dropping life on you comes out of the abundance, comes out of the life of Jesus. And so let's leave some of that other stuff to maybe once we're a little bit more experienced and we've heard from the Lord more and we know how to step out in that. So I'd say keep it positive and don't give rebukes and don't give criticisms. Another one is don't embellish or season it up. Make it simple and clear and share what you get. If you don't have a full picture, you don't, it doesn't make full sense to you, tell that person. Okay, don't try to use King James prophecy language because you think God needs a little help to spice up what he's given you. Just share what's on your heart. Bring it as a gift. Submit it before them. You know what? If, you, if somebody comes to you and they say to you, you know, this is something I was, I was walking and praying this week and I just, I, for some reason, you kept coming to my heart. So I don't know what... I don't know what it is, but I just really felt like God wants to, you know, and you just you share blessing and share life. You just submit it to them. You know what? It's not your job to discern what God wants to do in their life. It's their job. It's their job to discern what that word really is and what it means. You just bring it and share it as God gives it to you. Another one is don't declare it as authority over the person. Avoid using the first-person language of God. Avoid speaking in the God. Share and submit it. This is what I feel the Lord has. This is the picture that I had. 
This is the feeling I have. This is what I, when I was, and you know what? Maybe it's not even something that you have. Maybe you just tell somebody, hey, you know what? I was praying for you this week. I don't know if you're doing okay, but I just want to let you know that I care about you. You're important to me. I appreciate you, and I was praying for you. Saturday night, I was going for a walk, and you came to my heart, and I just wanted you to know that I think God wanted me to pray for you, so I did. That's all you have to say. You don't have to say to them, thus saith the Lord God, I have chosen and given you this girl as your wife, and she is yours, and I chose her for you. Amen. Praise Jesus. You don't have to give a prophetic word like that. Start. Start by just bringing life and bringing obedience. You have to start somewhere. So I would say start by just sharing and submitting and what do you get, what do you receive and bring life to Jesus. And it's okay to consider it and pray about it. It's okay for you to get that and like, oh man, I, don't, oh, I can't do that. God, are you serious? It's okay, you know what, you're gonna go through that. And you think about it and you pray about it. But I'll tell you what, you have the choice. You have the choice to text somebody or call them up and say, look, this might be weird, I might be off, but I think God wants you to have a new pair of shoes and he told me to get you a new pair of shoes. Does that make any sense to you? You are the one. If you don't do it, if you don't take the step, if you don't step out in faith, the Holy Spirit is not free to work and to move in that situation. Something breaks and something cracks and there is life when you step into obedience and faith and risk in Jesus. And you do it out of love. So purpose in your heart. Purpose in your heart to speak love and speak grace and speak joy and speak life into people. The easiest thing that you can do to share the abundance of Jesus is to bring love and to bring words. It's the easiest thing to do. And it makes such a huge impact. So I want to pray for you tonight that God would do in your Christian experience something that maybe he hasn't done before, but he would begin to speak to you and give you an understanding and give you discernment and give you a listening ear, a spiritual listening ear to hear what the Spirit says. That you would not think that you are the center of your life or the center of the universe, but it is God. And that your life is to bring glory to God. And that you are a royal priesthood. There's only one of me and Ryan and a few leaders. We are not the royal priesthood. We are all the royal priesthood. We're all ministers. And one of the easiest ways to minister is to bring life through your words. Be a person that brings blessing.